I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Wyler from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome on to another edition of Run with Coach Perry. I'm Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, we love recording these podcasts and often we put things out into the world and we're not quite sure how far and wide they go, but we get tons of great feedback uh, from around the world. And uh, yeah, we do believe they're making an impact. That's why we keep doing them and we hope that you love listening to them. Coming up on today's show, we joined uh, by our head coach, Lindsay Perry, and uh, we head to Scotland to catch up with Linda Salmon, who is training uh, for Comrade. So, yeah, we're going to be chatting to, to Linda a little bit about uh, what to expect and uh, some of the things that she's struggling with right now. So you're definitely not going to want to miss this if you're running Comrades. Uh, and also another opportunity for you to win, thanks to Biogen. We're giving away uh, three months access to the Coach Perry Online Training Club as well as uh, a Biogen Journey hamper. All you need to do is use that hashtag Biogen Journey on social media. We'll pick it up and we could be making you a winner. We'll announce this week's winner at the back end of today's show. But enough about me yakking. Uh, let's hop straight into our chat with Lindsay and Linda. Welcome on to this edition of Run with Coach Perry. My name is Brad Brown. We've got the coach with us once again, Lindsay Perry. Lindsay, how's it? How's it, Brad? Nice to touch base. And uh, we head to Edinburgh in Scotland. Linda Selman joining us as well. Linda, welcome on to, onto the podcast. Thank you. Linda, you, you're based in Edinburgh. Lindsay's in, Cape, uh, in Johannesburg. I'm in Cape Town. So it's a bit of a, a global podcast today. Before we get into sort of helping you with, with what you're struggling with, tell me a little bit about your running. How did you get started? Uh, I first started running just over six years ago, at which point I couldn't run to the end of the road. Um, but just about a year later, I entered my first half marathon and then got sucked into marathons. So I ran my first marathon in 2015 and I completed the marathon majors with Tokyo this year in March. So it's been a gradual sort of build up to, to running. Having said, I would never, ever do it. And then madly, madly entering comrades for this year. Famous, famous last words. I'll never do it. Uh, marathon majors. They, they aren't us. I saw a stat the other day, and funnily enough, it's it's one of the members of our community, Danny Suskin, who who posted it. And I, I couldn't believe this, but he he said to me, "There's only about five thousand people globally that have completed the marathon majors. That's incredible." Yes, it's just short of five thousand at the moment. So uh, more people have climbed Everest than have uh, completed the six marathon majors. That is phenomenal. Congratulations. You're in a, in a very exclusive little club there. It's a rapidly expanding club now, though. It's become a very popular thing to do. So, Out of, out of the six, which one is your favourite? London. Absolutely the best. It's a fabulous course and a fabulous crowd. They, are, they lift you up in a way that no other crowd does. So. And that, <laughs> that finish is spectacular as well, running, running past Buckingham Palace. I mean, that backdrop is just amazing. <laughs> It is, it is. The, the toughest for me was Boston. I ran Boston last year in the dreadful weather, so that was... Uh, but again, fabulous crowd. People standing out in rain and snow is just quite something. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to hand you over to Lindsay now. Lindsay, you've got Linda's sort of uh, coaching questionnaire that we normally send out for these calls, so, so you've got a bit of her background. Your initial thoughts, and then I know Linda's got a whole bunch of questions for you in the build-up to Comrades as well. Your initial thoughts, and then let's get into that, that Q&A. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the 
sort of pedigree of having done six marathons over a, a good couple of years is a um, it puts you in a position where finishing comrades should be quite um, doable. Uh, I couldn't quite make out what what time did you end up running at Tokyo Marathon? G fifty six. Wow, that's actually really good. Um, so that's a really good run, and uh, yeah. So I, I think in in terms of the the structure of your training and and how long you've been running for, you have put yourself in a really strong position to complete comrades. Um, and so I think the the real um, benefit that you'll get out of this call is for us to to chat. Go through your questions, allay some of your fears, and give you that kind of confidence for your race. And then, and there's a couple of questions in here which are great because I, you know, they are questions that I get quite often. And so I think it'll be really beneficial to anyone listening in on this one. Um, so let's start off with with your your. Um, Question one, which is to ask if you've done enough training. That's obviously something that I get uh, a hell of a lot um, from people. So, look, if we look 356, um, a much easier root profile, more temperate conditions. So, you know, if we took your 356 just as that, as a, just at face value on, on time, then you probably um, in for a sub ten hour marathon. Uh, let me just check that quickly, but I'm pretty sure it's so that's yeah. I mean, it's about a nine fifty comrades is 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 your potential, but from, from past, yeah. So look from from past experience of. Um, athletes coming from the northern hemisphere, and also when these marathons are run on 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 much more favourable, in much more favourable conditions and routes, is that we can add about thirty to forty five minutes onto that. So I think for you, the 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 plan that you want to set yourself out on is closer to ten and a half hours, so somewhere between ten ten fifteen and ten fifty, will be what you'll aim for. And in terms of your marathon versus what I'm fairly comfortable you, you, you're capable of, your 500 Ks, which you ran up to including Tokyo, and then the 600 Ks you've done in training since then with two long runs of 50 and 52 Ks, you are easily prepared in terms of the, the total volume of your training and having done some ultras to, you know, figure out that nutrition as you stay um, and train longer. So so I think for a, for a bronze medal, you're going to be sitting probably closer to 1,300 by the time race day comes. From a volume perspective, you, you don't need to worry um, about that. I think we can put that one to bed and say you have done enough um, training. In terms of what you're suggesting might be my target for finishing, how does my age affect that? Because I'm 63 now. And also there's this issue of, I don't know what happens to me after 52 keys. You know, how, how much longer can I continue? So, so the question will 
be answered in more detail once we get to um, how to, you've asked the question there about, about managing um, your pace and, and how to, to, to do that effectively. So if you pace yourself well and correctly, then you're going to have far less problems when you get into the 60s and 70 kilometers. Obviously, your age has some impact, but the fact that you've done enough training and the fact that you're a damn good runner, um, it's, I still think that 10 and a half hours is a, is a, um, a reasonable time goal to set yourself. I do think trying to go under 10 hours would, would, would be too ambitious. But it's going to be really important that you do pace yourself properly. So, yeah, maybe we should jump to that question and come back to, to some of the others just because that is where we are. Um, but I have a, a, a client that I had a really great discussion with yesterday. I've been, been working with this client for... I don't know, three or four years now. Um, and he's done three comrades and a couple of two oceans. He's an international runner, so he always flies in. And we have this discussion often around how slowly I'm asking him to go. And, you know, he, he, he always agrees that that is the right, the best way to run. But then race day comes and he never runs that way. Now he ran the London Marathon with a friend last or well, two weekends ago, whenever London Marathon was, and um, he absolutely ran the slowest he's ever run. And it was very close to the comrade's pace, which I would like him to be running. And the comment from him was that by the time he finished the marathon, it really didn't feel like he'd started running. He just felt amazing and in the subsequent days after the marathon he could not believe how good he was feeling so the trick is to find a way to force yourself to slow down for him the pennies dropped because now he knows what it feels like when you run at that the correct intensity so i'm pretty damn confident that this time out he's he's going to do it and, and he's going to have his most comfortable comrade. So, you know, once you've, you've got your, your pacing chart, how you're going to do it, then it's all about being extremely disciplined. And, and you know, your idea of breaking it down, um, so maybe let me just read the question so that the, anyone listening can get a, a, a proper handle on what you're asking. Um, I remain concerned about my ability to pace myself properly. What ideas do you have for controlling pacing? My idea was to have a time range for each 10Ks so that it doesn't become too difficult to track, especially when my brain turns to mush, which is bound to do, and it has done toward the end of most marathons. Oh, and remember the walk breaks. I'm getting better at those. So the walk breaks themselves are a very good way of controlling pace, obviously. And the faster you're running versus what you're supposed to be running, the longer or preferably more often I'd make those walk breaks. Okay, so that's one way. The other way is to to keep checking yourself. So you, you shouldn't have to check yourself every kilometer for 87Ks. You, you lose your mind if you did that. 
it will probably take three or three or four checks to go slow down some more slow because once you actually in the right pace and feeling the right pace then checking every 10Ks or so should be absolutely fine. But in the initial stages, for the first 5 to 8Ks of the race, you really just have to be keep checking. At the end of each kilometer, no, that was too fast. Okay, I'm going to walk now. When I start running again, I'm going to run slower than I was running. Check the next K. No, I'm still too fast. Okay, walking now, I'm going to... And until you find that, that balance between the walking and the running... And getting your your time splits, and if you do that, you're going to give yourself an excellent chance of being able to maintain that pace just about all the way through. And I guess I need to practice that as much as possible on the remaining few long yes. runs that there are. So just be very disciplined about trying to keep that overall pace down. Exactly, yeah. and that's and that's actually perfect summation because that is what we're doing with with this other client is that he's running twice a week at that pace so that when comrades starts, he knows what that feels like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess it could be quite difficult to, to judge that pace with the hills and comrades as well, because the, the hills are going to slow me down anyway, aren't they? So the hills are going to slow you down. And although the, the first 36 Ks of the race are extremely tough, there are enough downhills that you sort of limit that damage if you like and then once you get uh, to that 36k mark you've essentially got six kilometers of downhill that take you into halfway so by the time you get to halfway you might be three to five minutes behind schedule but don't panic about that because okay out of halfway you've got another really tough bit to deal with but once you through that at about the 50k mark the route becomes much, much, much kinder from a profile point of view. And so if you've, if you've run at the right intensity, then as you go through those sections, you will slowly start to claw back those, those five minutes, let's call it, that you've lost through the first half. Okay. Right, so I shall uh, try and log all that and start practicing it. Yeah, no, that's the important thing. Yeah. Okay, and then um, you also um, are following one of our training programs, and the we are changing from hill training now into these last four weeks. We move into some um, speed work, and you just want to be comfortable about why why we're doing it. And so, part of that is because as we are cutting down the mileage to freshen up a little bit. We also just want to get some speed work in there. So we just push the intensity up a little bit on that end to compensate for the drop in total training load. And then as we go into the last two weeks, we're going to drop the volume of those speed work sessions too. So then we go into a full taper. But in these ne next two to three weeks, those are there to almost just sharpen you up a little bit and start driving you up to a, a bit of a peak for race day. Okay. So hills can be reduced significantly. We, what I've been trying to do on long runs as well is make sure I'm in, including a lot of elevation in the long runs just to get my legs used to it. Yeah. But it obviously makes the long runs quite hard if yeah. you do that. So for the next two long runs, 
do that because it's also going to, I'd carry on doing that because it's going to help you set a realistic sort of pace for going up versus coming down so that your overall average is close to what you're aiming for. Um, and then for those last two weeks when you go into the full taper, we'd get rid of essentially almost anything that's going to make you tired and just let you get as fresh as you can for race day. Okay, good. So keep the hills going just now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's all helpful. Um, and then the last two questions are, are fairly closely linked, but uh, the first one is that um, you ask, is it good to keep up with your weekly train strength training session? And the answer to that is yes. I would keep that up until the second last week, so somewhere between seven and ten days. So between Wednesday and Friday of the week before, Comrades, so leading into the 1st of June, so that's the 30th, 29th to the 31st of May, that'll be your last strength training session right. um, before you go into to Comrades. Um, I do find those do leave me feeling quite um, tired and achy sometimes. I've been working with yeah. a trainer and he's been focusing on upper body strength, threatening that I'm doing most of the, the work on my legs with the running. But it does mean for two days afterwards I'm feeling... Yeah, sore and tired. So yeah, I don't yeah. So, so so I would then say Wednesday would be the last. So so in fact, based on that, either the Monday I think it's the twenty seventh or Wednesday yeah. between twenty seventh and 29th of May, and then that's it. No no more strength training till rest day. Thank you. It's good to be told things like that. Yeah, no, it helps. Or like and then. And and then you, you also say you go for a, a physio session every two to three weeks, depending on how achy you are. So what is the best timing in the run-up to the race? So because the because in the last week you're going to do very little training, I think, again, if you have that done just before the weekend, um, so sometime between the Wednesday and Thursday before the last weekend, then by Monday – that physio session should be out of your system certainly by Wednesday. You, you won't even know that you had it. And importantly, you won't be doing much um, to make yourself achy. And well, there'll, there'll be a flight, but there won't be any of the training aches, aches and, and, and pain. So, um, you know, out of interest, when you have your normal session, how many days after that do you feel like you're a bit sore and bruised and no more, than, no more than one day. It's, yeah. uh, but used to it because I've been having it so regularly. So Yeah. So then for me, then, then you're probably fine if you had it on the Tuesday or Wednesday before race day. But of course, you're going to be traveling and whatever. And that last week, as I said, you're not going to be doing much. So I would I would peg that then on the Thursday or Friday, just before the weekend. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Cool. Linda, overall, how how are you feeling about comrades? I mean, it, it it oscillates probably between fear and excitement. What's going on in your mind and, and your heart at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm at the fear stage, I think, because there's the same. Everybody talks about paranoia that you get in the the last few weeks before a marathon, where everything feels like it's it's breaking down and you're you're very scared. And this is the. I, I remember what it was like going into the first marathon, knowing you hadn't run the distance. You'd run 32 k's, but you had another 10 k's to go, and you had no idea how your body was going to react. And I've got this much, much more seriously now because I've run 52 k's, but I've got another 35 to run. 
and it's just not knowing how your body's going to react to that. So it's the, it's the unknown, so it's bound to cause some fear. But on the day, I guess the idea is to turn that into excitement and adrenaline to, to push yourself on. Really looking yep. forward to being in that whole mass of people all there to do the same thing. And I know that that will be the uplifting part that gets me going and the crowds down the route as well. So looking forward to it. Lindsay, how do you deal with, with that, that, that fear of the unknown, not, especially as a novice, not knowing how your body's going to react post, as Linda says, post 52 Ks? You've got to take some confidence out of your previous experiences, which is to say that when training for a marathon, for example, you very seldom train having run the distance before you run the race. Um, and obviously over time, you became more and more comfortable with that um, concept because, you know, by the time you you got your sixth marathon major, you'd run enough marathons that you had full confidence in that training program. So you've, although you don't have that same experience to fall back on specific comrades, you do have that experience to know that you've never needed to complete the entire distance before to be successful on race day. Um, and also when you were doing those 50k runs, particularly if they had been done at planned comrades race pace, when you get to the end of those, you actually know for sure that you could have gone on for another 5 to 10k. So, so in reality, you, you actually can be quite comfortable and confident that you're going to make it to 60. And then something quite strange happens to you on race day because once you've run 60 Ks and you see 17 Ks to go on the board or 16 as, as it is because it's not quite 87 Ks, 16 Ks doesn't feel like a, a whole lot. And when you then get through the next seven and it flicks over to nine, nine Ks actually feels like you've basically finished, you know. So those are some of the little tricks uh, along the way. But you know, take some comfort from the fact that your program is a sum of all its parts. It's not only about those, the, the 52. It's not only about the marathon qualifier. It's about the sum total of everything you've done and you've run over a thousand kilometers and we're not even halfway through the year. So that's a, that's, that's a good haul. Um, and you are fit. I guess one of the other unknowns about the distance is getting the fueling right as well to be sure that I'm keeping, yeah. and that, and that's seem, feels very different from what you do for a marathon because yeah. as long as you get it right for the first 15 to 20 miles on the marathon, you're going to make it through to the end reasonably comfortably if you've been getting the fuel in at that point. But it's just, I think, remembering to keep taking fuel on board early enough in comrades is what I think I need to do. But yeah, and the right the right type of food. I don't I don't think gels are going to do the job for the whole way so i've been experimenting with more solid food yes and that's a that's a good thing to do i think um look again personal experience says that you're probably fine on gels and that type of thing for the first five or six hours and then thereafter you, you need some variety and if you get enough variety and you can find things that are palatable enough um, and that you can get access to on, along the route, then for the last kind of 10, 15 Ks, they have 
cream soda and Coke and, you know, those type of things become more palatable again after having given yourself a, a decent long break. Right. Cool. Okay. Well, Linda... Yeah, unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, I'm excited for you. I think, as Lindsay said, you've done the work. Uh, you just almost need to now trust the process, finish things off, and, and come out and, and have a great day. I think, you, I think you're in for a treat. Uh, it is very different to, to probably any, any other race that you've run, but, yeah, there's something special about Comrades, and, and you're going to get to experience that on the 9th of June. Right, great. And thanks very much. And thanks for all the support through the platform as well. It's all been great. Thank no you. worries. Linda, we love, we love having you on there. I mean, you've obviously been part of our community for, for a little while now. What is it that you, you enjoy about what we're doing over at Coach Perry? It's just sharing the, the knowledge and, the, the, and also the concerns other people have. It puts it all in context and helps to reduce my own level of anxiety. There's always some place to go to ask a question and see what other people are doing. So it's great. Yeah, it's interesting because it's also great from an international perspective. I mean, we I always say it on the podcast as South Africans, we are so spoiled. We don't realize how good we've got it around comrades here, that everyone knows what it is. People don't look at you weird when you tell them you're running comrades, whereas an international runner like yourself, you, you almost feel isolated and, and it's a way for you to connect and plug yourself into to the experience and, and feel a part of it in the buildup. So, yeah, we love having you around and, and thanks for being part of what, what we do at Coach Perry. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you very much to the two of you, Lindsay and Linda. Much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed that uh, fly on the wall coaching call. I certainly did. Uh, love chatting to our international members. It's amazing uh, that we can be sitting on the, the bottom end of Africa and, and have an impact globally, which is, uh, yeah, it's just, that blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, we're giving away another three months access to the Coach Perry Online Training Club as well as a Biogen hamper. And uh, all you need to do to qualify to win is use that hashtag Biogen Journey on social media. And today's winner is Fortune Howard Fortune posted on Facebook uh, training for my 8th comrades and possibly my first silver uprun that's amazing. Miss Silver Medal by six seconds in the last uprun back in 2017. Excited to get another crack at this great race. Fortune, that's amazing. Uh, and fingers crossed, mate. I really, really hope that uh, you, you've you sort of worked on what you think went wrong in 2017 uh, and you are in tip-top shape for Comrades this year. So best of luck. We'll be in touch to get that prize to you. Thank you so much for sharing your Biogen journey uh, on social media and congratulations on being a winner. Once again, just a couple of days to go till our next Comrades Marathon online success seminar make sure that you uh, register all you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash webinar that's where you can get all the details we look forward to uh, chatting to you through race day what you need to worry about what you need to take note of uh, and how to save yourself 20 minutes on race day that's coachparry.com forward slash webinar and we'll chat then from myself brad brown and the rest of the team have a good one